calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey guys, how you doing? Before the show, I wanted to let you know that I will be in New York next week. Yes, there might be a meetup and you can keep your eyes on the Please Advise Twitter for more info on that. But more importantly, I'm going to be recording several shows with exciting New York-based guests that normally I wouldn't have the chance to talk to. So since I'm trying to knock out maybe four episodes in a day, we really need an abundance of calls. We need to be call rich. So if you've ever wondered if you should call the show, the answer is yes, and you should do it right now. Reminder, your questions can be about literally anything, dating, television, food, friendship, online etiquette, whether or not someone was acting like an asshole or if it's just you. Don't hesitate to call. We want your questions about everything because I'm qualified to give advice about literally nothing. 323-450-7408 is the number you need to call. Again, that's 323-450-7408 or email us at askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with letters or voice notes. Those voice notes sound real, real good. Never forget that, guys. Stop sending me your questions via Snapchat. I'm not looking. Don't ask if you should ask your question because you should. Feel free to stay anonymous. Details like age, location, and sexual preference may help give some context, but that's not really required either. Do whatever you want as long as you're calling us and leaving a message at 323-450-7408. All right, here's the show. Hey, you guys, it's episode 143 of Please Advise. Christina actually picked our guest out today. (laughs) Christina, do you want to talk about how you met our guests? Yeah. So a couple months ago, I gave – I was on a panel that talked about, like, how to start a podcast. And it was a little awkward, but afterwards, a couple people came up to talk to me, and one of them is our guest today, Marquita Lestar. Hey, girl. How hey, are you? Hey, girl. Oh, hey. my God. I'm Well, okay, so I was so nervous that I was going to say Lestar wrong or Marquita. Like, that's just so me. And so the fact that I inadvertently just got Christina to introduce you, I should acknowledge to the audience, was not intentional. Like, beforehand, I was like, I still can't say Andre Vermulian's last name. Like, I still, like, struggle with that every single time I try to say it. So I was like... 
Wow, that was kind of like sneaky of me, but I didn't even know I was doing it. Hi, <laughs> I was like, hi. I was taking the pressure off. Like, thanks for coming all the way up from Long Beach. No problem. I enjoyed the ride and until until I get on the five. Like the five is death. It's right after the four or five. There's yeah. the five. <laughs> so yeah. My best friend um worked at a like his family acquired a or they bought a factory, but then they wound up acquiring the business that came inside of it. So uh-huh. it was this like fish plant. And like, it was very, it was like, there was literal gang activity going on, like in the, within the employees, like, cause it had been this like business that had been passed down with the factory. And so like, I guess there, I mean, there was probably some mob ties or something, but Whoa. like they were in deep and it was uh-huh. right across the street from Cisco burger. And so which is jesse james the um Uh, the one that was so we were like ed was like in love with jesse james my best friend ed right he would see him all the time because he's like a long beach staple he's like a fixture to some people in long beach he's a fixture right and um he would see sandra bullock sometimes and like then the whole thing happened and ed would still like have to see him and he'd be like when i see him i'm just so disappointed (laughs) like he's like i he like felt personally disappointed. disappointed. <laughs> I was like, I don't know you. You don't know me, but just know my disappointment is great. <laughs> yeah, I remember he introduced him to Wait me minutes. too. And Ed used to linger with celebrities a little too long. Like, uh-huh. I'd be like, we said hi. Now let's keep it. Let's pack it up and keep it moving. You know what I mean? Yeah, keep it short and sweet. You yeah. Keep it short and sweet. You, you got to leave them wanting more. That's what you do. You like, you stunt on them. And yeah. And you just take off like, oh, I have something to do, even if you don't have anything to do. <laughs> yeah. Or like you're the mysterious person that came in and told an amazing anecdote like like he can come in and tell a great story but i'm like if we have nothing to say we got to keep it moving otherwise we're just standing there expecting this person who who did not choose to speak to us uh we're just standing there expecting (laughs) them to keep conversation going with us which when you think about it in reality is so weird it is weird i i'm for one i'm super talkative but i'm terrible at small talk like yeah either we're we're talking about something we're having this great conversation or connection or we're not and i'm cool with either let's yeah keep it honest keep it real and keep it moving if it's not happening you know because it was like our conversation (laughs) felt so natural when i first met you well but we weren't small talking talking. so different like Like, exactly we were like we got into ideas like anytime i like I, i think we bumped into each other again at a uh, mixer uh, for like um, public radio people, right yeah. right right <laughs> and like again just like went off and she's like okay we need to mingle though we need to mingle. we already know each other let's let's keep mixing <laughs> yeah. let's keep mixing but that's how i roll but i i can't do the hey the weather and i know you from that thing like, it's like a nightmare yeah, and like that's, that's the, do you consider yourself an introvert or extrovert because i think that that's something a lot of introverts get pegged with is like um like we don't like to talk to people if there's no need to do it, like because it's just exerted energy. Right. But like the people are always like, but we had such a great conversation. It's like, uh, yeah, because you're not a psycho. <laughs> like, but or like I didn't feel bad vibes from you. But right. like for me, I can turn it on when I can tell like if the person's normal and I want to talk to them. Right. You know right. what I mean? But like if if not, I'm just like I can't. I can't. I, like I, I think I'm an extrovert. I definitely get a high from being around people. Most definitely. Like no. But I, I can do alone time and I'm not clingy. Mm. I think some extroverts, because they get such a high from being around other people, that they get like very dependent on it. And yeah. Like, I can have healthy relations with people and I don't need to be around you all the time. Yeah. I can make more than one friend. 
and you're okay with being alone, which is yes. important. Well, I do because I was like, I'll never get anything done. Like how how I, I I do a lot of different stuff, and so I'm like, I would never get anything done if I had to constantly be around people because there's very few people in my circle that you can invite over and be like, hey, we're gonna just like do gonna stuff. chill, and then and then it's like pretty much there's somebody in the room. I, I'm cool with that too. I like the idea of maybe having somebody in the room parallel to bounce, play, yeah, to bounce yeah. ideas off of them or something occasionally. But we're gonna actually get stuff done. I need to actually. Chris, that's how Christina stuff. and I used to hang back in the day we'd sit at coffee bean for like six hours and mm-hmm. like just like yeah we talk like a little bit here and there but that's really like how we became close which is weird for how, how little we like did we spoke right. you know what i mean um that makes sense to me my closest friends are like that I'm but like, i do <laughs> say like this is the thing that i've noticed with friends more and more and that like i feel like as a compliment when people have said it to me which is like i feel like we would have been friends in high school like right. and that's like I you know like when you meet someone you're like we would have been friends at any point in our lives like I would have been friends with you in middle school I would have been friends with right. you in high school college I think I'll be friends with you when I'm 50 that's like, a huge compliment our next guest Ronnie is someone like that where it's just like duh like we were always meant to be friends like it just is now we get to hang out and meet each other and like Sometimes I'd be like, I wish I've known you for longer. Like, and I'm right? Like, we can't go back like and that. fix like, that. Like, oh you know? my goodness! Like, we can't go back in time, but let's make sure to enjoy each other now. And so, like, when I meet those kind of people and we start to get busy, mm-hmm. if they like pop on my mind, I like totally just text or call or even yeah. leave a message and be like, "Hey, hey, you! I need yeah. to see your face." I like to send mail. <laughs> I sent, yeah, oh, I'll send like a so card. Cool. I was like, I try. I'm just. I I want to get back into that too. I'm like, I I started collecting postcards. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, if you go in Long Beach, we have our own like Silver Lake esque neighborhood yeah. called Retro Row in Long Beach. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's what they're gunning for. <laughs> no, it's very. They have a huge artist community. Yeah, in they Long do. Beach. They do. And um, you know, you got like you got your your comedy and your improv and, and your bands inside the bar or the coffee shop. Kind yeah. of set up and stuff like that, but they also sell like vintage uh, postcards for Long Beach. Yeah, and I like collecting those and sending them to people. And I'm I'm trying to do that more often. I'm also trying to start a tradition for me to instead of Christmas cards, I want to do like Halloween cards. Oh, that's really <laughs> fun. Yeah. So I was like every year. I noticed that your slip-ons are kind of Halloween. Yes. I, yeah. I stay there. I you like, are very. Here's the thing: is that your van? I mean this in the best way possible, but you're very costumey. Like you. <laughs> are like everything that you are wearing is bold first of all her hair is amazing it's blue like how do you i mean i like this is like a sky sky blue it's like almost it's like i love it it's like it's a weird color and i've been hunting for it for a while but i've been it's through, perfect christina knows i've been through quite a few <laughs> shades of blue in the past year <laughs> and like i landed on this one i was like yes i even had like this teal where i was like a mermaid for a while yeah definitely like I was like, I'm a mermaid, but but I might be more like a Ursula. This is I like, like Avatar. This feels very Avatar <laughs> yes, to very me. Avatar in color. Yeah, yeah. It looks yes, futuristic. It, thank you. I was like, I, I'm of the future. And a pan. <laughs> and you're wearing a panda shirt and a jacket that I'm too blind to make out the pattern on, but it's dope it's, as well. Yeah, it's like really random pattern. Like, yeah, I wear a lot of random I just, pattern. I love that together. you <laughs> are dressed like a. You are just a little bit like a. A, a cartoon character it's oh, like that's perfect. awesome that's like, goals no, right that's there great. that's yeah. great uh there's this cartoon i like to watch that i totally like i feel like they like ripped off of me like they don't know me but, yeah but it's, i felt uh, that way it's too. like star versus evil like the forces oh, of evil it's on cartoon network and i love i was like that's me like mm-hmm. me probably more like early college late high school you know because like 
you know responsibility kicks in adult like adult adulting yeah. sucks yeah more or less but yeah but i i love that cartoon i was like that's so me i, I like, wonder if that's like a narcissist quality or if you have something special because i have watched things in the past before and been like i don't know if they know me but they fuck that's that's my personality they stole my I have they done stole that me with other stuff okay perfect <laughs> examples of that is like um um, my bestie, uh, my bestie, uh, Kayla, we actually call her Kayla the bunny. Uh-huh. And, um, you remember, do you, are you familiar with happy bunny? Yeah. That is my, that is her. That is And so we funny. called her bunny like way before that dropped. And yeah. I was like, somebody has yeah. been stalking Some you. Bunny. Yeah. Some bunny, whoever that, whoever wrote that mm-hmm. is like, they're secretly stalking my friend. And we're, we're really concerned because. I mean, it's just like that whole like evil but cute thing. Yeah, I was like, yeah, she would totally say something like that, and then like the whole bunny thing, and I was like, oh, yeah. that's like the bunny that for people <laughs> at home who are like, because I'm sure there's people who are like in their 40s right now listening, to being like, how the fuck am I supposed to know? You do know what I'm, what she's talking about? It's that bunny, mm-hmm. that happy looking bunny, mm-hmm. and then this went back to the 90s. Right. They had this, and, and, it was and like the caption would be like, I want to shoot your eyes out. Like, <laughs> yeah, something really I, I don't know what you guys are talking. You, about. You do Google when you see friend. it. <laughs> you will know exactly what it is. Like it's been around since. Cause I remember they'd have it at, like Newberry. I'm they from had Boston. Bags. They had buttons. This is the first time I've ever seen. Um, I it, I guess it's really popular here. On I don't know if the guy. I think it's a guy That's who it, created it. Yeah, but I don't know if he's maybe he's West Coast. But I know here in the West Coast, it was like in every store. Of course, Hot Topic first, and then it spread. And, yeah. You know, uh, I know I I bought her several things because I was like, well, you should own this stuff because it's you, it's you, and stuff like that. But yeah, it was it was really it's pretty it's pretty hot here. So, oh. so are you from this area? Yeah, I'm from I'm, LA? I'm native. Rare, I've been told every time. I, t- I told you, that. <laughs> yeah. Every time I meet somebody, they're like, "Oh, you're from here." I'm like, "Yeah." born and raised <laughs> it's just so funny because a lot of my good friends like Blair and Ed are from here like I either am friends with people from here or from one of six states mm-hmm. like Ohio I fuck with Michigan New York like there's certain states where I like fuck with multiple people from those states but for the most part not, not. <laughs> okay so I just moved the mic by accident we just took a break you guys probably didn't realize that took a break um because i moved the mic and broke it a little bit but while we were we stopped we were talking about anna nicole smith because i was looking at my anna nicole bobblehead that was gifted to us by one of our guests and um i just was saying that like you were saying you loved anna nicole because she lived so much life yeah exactly she was she seemed fun uh and i felt like she had like her own kind of personality and cheekiness that you know most models like like yeah. default don't have like they're trying to be like dolls in a way yeah and they're trying to fit into a very restricted like box of like what is beauty what's going to sell what's going to get me these contracts and yeah i mean even when she got a little thicker i love that she was like thicker but she was still really hot i mean even she, at her peak of yeah, modeling she, she was, was on the thicker, side. The thicker yeah. side and i was like i particularly like thick women so it worked for me <laughs> before i realized that's what was working for me <laughs> but uh yeah so I, I i felt that when she did pass it was really unfortunate because she was definitely different from models then and now we're only now kind of returning to this like you know, plumper plus size mod- uh, models yeah but i was also saying though what was unfortunate about her death is like she missed the opportunity 
I think, to become more of her own brand. Like, it was so there. She mm-hmm. should have been her own brand, where she's more independent of the men in her life. So you're not taking a whole bunch of drugs just because, you know, the dude who's kind of, like, helping you pay your bills is kind of wanting you to take them. Like, what for? Like, yeah. why do I need this? I have questions. And, yeah, and, no, and, I and have I'm questions in a, as well. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. I am in a place where I can ask those questions yeah. and stuff like that. So I think it's something, it's, there is a lesson to be learned in that. And it's not done in any type of judgment. It's just, I feel like I can learn from my own mistakes and the mistakes of others. Yeah. Like, why bother going through that if somebody already tried that? And you're like, oh, that didn't quite work for them. And like, and what I was like coming to the conclusion of is with like, because you were saying like she lived and I was like, right. she did until she wasn't anymore. And it was because she kind of handed over her mm-hmm. life to the trust of this man. Right. And her um, agency and independence and stuff all became dependent on this one man. And, and I'm like, there was really no need for that. And we were all saying that like, basically like Anna Nicole is a great reminder to not trust men. And like that is, and that's something. <laughs> that's like one of those things that I know that there's guys listening to this also a lot of straight guys that listen to this and like they get offended when I say stuff like that and it's like I hope that you realize and I'm just gonna cut you off at the pass from writing on that email I hope you realize that this is not a feeling I would like to feel like and that I understand that there are trustworthy men out there Mm -hmm. But a lot of them have proven themselves to be untrustworthy. You could say the same about women. Mm -hmm. I just would say significantly less so. Mm -hmm. Um, There's like, if you ask your guy friends versus your girlfriends, like I think that you'd find most of the fights that, most of the things that have happened with girlfriends have come from either aggravated circumstances where it's like, okay, but like you look back and that's kind of his fault. Like he never listened to her. Like he never heard her. He never even got to know the real her. There's like yeah. a, a sense yeah. of obliviousness. Right. It, there yeah. is obliviousness. And also like, I think I forget what comedian was making this joke, but it's a great point of when you talk about crazy girlfriends and crazy boyfriends, like you don't hear as nearly as many stories as people dying from crazy girlfriends as you do from crazy boyfriends. Oh, no. Like I, 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 me and my dad and like my bestie, it, we're like obsessed sometimes with ID. Like sometimes we can't the I, the channel we can't always have it on because yeah. we'll sit and watch it like for half a so day good. and stuff. And often, you know, your stalker cases, like sure, girl, will stalk you, but it's far less likely she's going to turn violent. Not to say there isn't a prison with women who have done just that because they're snapped with which yeah. focuses on women who do it. But that but said, well, it's always at the, the end spectrum. I just think that guys have this like entitlement. And again, it's like not all dudes. If it doesn't apply, don't, don't get your boxers in a knot about it. You know, if you see a, like a guy friend who's saying some troubling things, say something to him. Cause I feel like, Guys will listen to guys more than they'll listen to girls. They're quick to dismiss us. Well, I like to that point, I always get in trouble because I say that like Jody Arias is like not as guilty as I think people like she definitely killed that man. That man fucked with her when he well past the point he knew she was mentally ill. Mm-hmm. Like that is not okay. Like if you're screwing around with a mentally ill person, I don't know how that's much different than like taking advantage of like a mentally handicapped person. Like you know they're crazy. You know that you can get a reaction out of them if you push these buttons. You know that if you like push the, you know, the green button, she's always going to come back. Like she's always mm-hmm. going to come back and have sex with you and be your girlfriend or do whatever else, mm-hmm. but then like you can treat her like shit 
shit because she doesn't meet your moral standards. So when I look at someone like Jodi Arias, as much as I think that she does have a lot of um, elements of being an actual sociopath, I think that she is someone that I, I always look at and I'm like, just look at her. Like, that is an example of what happens when you get fucking pushed to the edge. Or even this is an ex- another extreme example. Like, um, did you hear Leslie Van Houtner or whatever the woman who was involved in the Manson killings is she got right. she got approved for parole. Yeah. And um, I think it never signs off on it. Though. Yeah. And it's down to whether or not this governor is going to sign off on it. Mm-hmm. And I honestly like. If they show remorse, if because there still are some Manson girls in there who mm-hmm. are, like are down for him, and like they will say like I did exactly what I wanted to do. Like mm-hmm. they've been severely brainwashed. But if you take a couple girls that, that are in like sixteen years old on a bunch of LSD, it's the sixties, it's the free love movement, mm-hmm. and they meet this charming older man, and he like there's a reason why he had beta males mm-hmm. and women, young women that he had go Has do his killings. You know. Remorse? Oh, yeah. She's one of the ones that's like, I realize what I've done. She's found Christ. Like a lot of these people like kind of snapped out of it the mm-hmm. second that it got real. they were really in prison because right, right. then they were like, OK, so I'm in for the rest of my life. I might as well start reading the Bible. I might as well start taking these counseling opportunities. They were flipping about it all throughout the trial. But I think that's because he still was working as a puppet master a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think that like, I, I mean, I wondered, I understand that she was a part of a brutal murder. I also understand that there was a lot of elements going on there and that that was a murder that was the guy who instructed them to go murder will never get out of prison Mm -hmm. because he is, I think, the most guilty, you know? I mean, they have taken life. I think. Yeah. Like, life is more than just, like, you being alive. They have taken that woman's life. Yeah, they took three lives. Yeah. Well, well, I'm saying about prisoners. Like, sometimes you get sentenced to life. And I hate to sound like the Shang Shark. What's what it's called? Shang Shank, Shawshank Redemption. But yeah, sometimes that's like you might not stay in there your entire life, but life is exactly what they have taken. She's an elderly woman now, and I'm not saying she's not capable. Of shit. Oh yeah, like if she decided to flip out, but I'm like at at this point, if she's remained remorseful, and you've had multiple times where the parole board is like, hey. This person looks like she can re-enter. That's the thing about she prison. Checks out, yeah, it's like it should be your focus should be to re like redeem, re- yeah. yeah, redeem these people so they can go back to society instead of us having like the most people in prison, right? For any developed country, you know, that isn't like a dictatorship. Like that's a bad look to imprison so many of your citizens. So I was like. Is there a chance? But I also see it from, I'm always that person who can see it from both sides. Like, you don't want to be the person who signed off on that chick getting out. Right. And she do something. And you're like, ah, fuck. Well, they wouldn't (laughs) let that one out on her deathbed. And I'm like, why are we paying for someone to die? They're like, like, I've, I've, I've heard very rare cases of that. But if they're like sick. Yeah. Yeah, come on. Like, what are they going to do? Is she going to get out of her deathbed? Yeah, they're on chemo or something. Like, yeah, nah. She can, he or she can go home. Like. But why don't they just bump? My question is, I know the reason why Charles Manson hasn't been executed is because he hasn't made it up. They haven't made, they haven't gotten far enough on the list to execute him. I guess, right? I, that can't be it because they've, they've, they've executed people who got on. Um, appeals? What is he doing? I don't know because he, maybe he didn't, did, he got, he, did I he think he got death? a death sentence. sentence? Yeah. 
Yeah, because I was like, I don't know why, because I know they have executed people who got were put in jail way after him, like 20 yeah, years yeah, after yeah. them and stuff like that. They had quite a few people. I know the biggest one I know for like, because it's like like hood related. It was like Tookie. Yeah. And they, they executed him and he got he got in jail like 20 years after the fact. Do you want to explain who that is? <gasps> yeah, I don't know who that is. <laughs> um, I believe. Is okay. that your Whitey Bulger? Like, no, he was. Uh, I don't know his legal name, but he was a, a head of um, one of the big... I don't want to get messed up. I think it was the Crips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look it up because I, I like I know who he is, but he kind of like was responsible for like starting one of the bigger street gangs okay. in South Central. And you know, he's always defended that it was started to protect the neighborhood, right. and then they the just kind of a Crips. Okay, I got it right. I said Crips. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's the Crips. Yeah, you, <laughs> you really want to get that right? Like, like if you don't know about like like street yeah. gangs, you. Do not want to get their affiliation wrong. Even if you're not affiliated. Even I have nothing to do with street life, but it's still something I don't want to mess up on. Yeah. Just because I'm from the hood and I know better. <laughs> I was like, it's So just... he co-founded the Crips, but he also murdered. Right, right. I was just about to get to that part. So he did, he did, he did, he did murder four people. And okay. it's like so, but they 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 felt that he had been in jail and that he did the whole thing and they wanted him to do a stay, like switch it over to just life in prison as opposed to him being executed. So there was a lot of protest against executing him, but he got executed. But he yeah. ended up like turning around his beliefs yeah, and right. really became an advocate for anti-gang stuff right. and really talked about how remorseful okay. he was mm-hmm. about how right. about what So they weren't even stuff. asking for him to get out. They just wanted to change it to Different life and life, life yeah. in prison, not not for him to have the death with him doing all these changes, but they still executed him with all this protest going That's on. That's fucked up. And so, okay, I got it. Mm. So he was sentenced to death, but then it was reduced to a life imprisonment when the death penalty was abolished. Okay, I didn't know that part. But don't we still have the death penalty? I think it was we, like no, it reinstated. Okay. Mm-hmm. So my thing with Charles Manson, and I feel like he's just must be like on per, like per capita, must be the most expensive fucking prisoner we have because... I feel, I mean, in my mind, the guy is, I know he's isolated. I know he's not, like, in a Hannibal Lecter situation, which is I how I imagine him being, like, very, like, closed off with, like, just, like, two guards watching him in a single cell. And some holes and some glass. Yeah, yeah, but, like, it does cost a lot of money to move him around. Like, if he needs to go to the doctor, like, it's a whole fucking operation. And they do honor his, like, right to see a doctor and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like... Charles Manson single-handedly has cost... I mean, in a way, he's playing us still to this day. Like, he's just costing us so much money. And, like, there's a huge uh, that, prison population. I don't know. With, with just, like, what he represents, I, I on the on the political side, I know why he's still there. Like, I totally agree with everything you're saying, but I know politically, I know why he's still there. Like, I don't think you'll ever be able to argue for his release. Oh, no. Of, I mean, I think just kill him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, I would yeah, say yeah, he yeah, should the, be the, killed. The penalty, the, oh no, he'll no. never get so released. Did, did he get the? He got the death penalty. He got the death penalty, but it was reduced to a life in prison. So oh, okay. California abolished the death penalty. Okay, in okay, okay. I was confusing. I thought you were still talking about. Tookie. Oh no, I'm saying we no. should. Uh, we oh, so should. I'm saying okay. we should kill. Char- just kill Charles Manson. Just like get you it can't over reinstate with. Reinstate his death sentence. I don't now know. That's legal. I don't know. <laughs> but like, it's so. It's so. Um, because I feel like to someone like him, it doesn't bother him that he's in prison. It doesn't. He's like, so. he still talks about his relationships mm-hmm. he has. Like, he, I remember, like, he was quoted recently saying that, like, he doesn't mind prison sex because to him, like, a hole is a hole. And it's mm. like, 
okay, like Why we, can, we, can we dial down on and, like this? Give first of all, right. giving this guy attention. First of all, he somehow managed to get sicker in jail. Like he's now because I guess he sits around and read fan fan mail all day. So it's just anyway. I don't know how we got on this, but don't trust men. <laughs> oh, no. Did you That's bring like, three reasons? They, they commit 90% of all murders. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. I was like, oh, that's... that's I know there are good up. guys out there, so don't give us crap about it. But that's also why female pedophiles are so sensationalized as well, is because it's so much more well, rare. Well, they want to prove that women do it too, which yeah. I don't think is a Nobody good wins. defense. Like, yeah. That's not a defense. I don't care who else does it. I just wanted to stop, period. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, period. We, need, we can talk about both, but we will talk about both, and we'll talk about it and I think the like the proportions where it happens. Yeah. You're like, well, five percent of women do it. Okay. We can talk about the five percent. Let's talk about the other ninety-five though. Yeah. You yeah, want to talk yeah. about that too? And so I feel like they're like, it's poking me, it's poking me. And it's like, is it really poking you? Cause are you doing these things? Because if you're doing these things, then we have a whole nother conversation we need to have. Yeah. If you're not doing these things, I do not know why. You feel attacked. Yeah. I don't, I don't quite understand that. Well, I mean, I, I honestly, <laughs> like, I, I mean, well, we had, we've had some letters on this show that have shocked me. Like, when I was, like, basically super vocal about being pro-Hillary and, like, pro, just, like, being a Democrat, lifelong Democrat, and, like, how I really don't like Republicans, and I really don't like a lot of them. I think there can be some great conservative people, but especially now, feel like if you voted for Trump, like, I don't like you. And like, Mm -hmm. that is, that's, we got a letter from someone basically like talking about how, like, cause I defended Planned Parenthood, for example, being like a, like, um, like you can get cancer research. He's like, men get cancer too. And I'm like, yeah, but we're not talking about, but like, you know what I mean? They can go though. Yeah. That's like, like, like before we get to the other part, you realize you can go to Planned Parenthood. Men are allowed to go. They're totally able to go. So what was, what was your next point? Cause that was mute. (laughs) It was really, really, really. I can't handle like totally assaying like. There was no point to your point. Why are you talking? Why yeah. are you here? Are you upset about something? Let's get to that because that wasn't that can't be it. I I don't know. I'm I'm pretty I'm I I I, I like to reach for like ideas. I have like this imaginative sparkle pony unicorns like view of the world but i'm also oddly and extremely practical and at the end of the day i just kind of want stuff to work right and like people get so sucked into their ideologies yeah the problem with ideology is rigid yes even when you have new evidence even when like they're like hey this hasn't worked you won't change your point of view with the evidence or of or like realize okay this is not let's try something new Let's continue just to try stuff new. I don't care what party you're on. I'm I'm not really obsessed. I really don't like the idea that we have a two party system. It it really doesn't work for us. Yeah. It, I don't think it will work for anybody when you just got this choice or that choice when you really need something either in between or you just need a totally new third choice. Right. Exactly. Or fourth choice or something like that. We like maybe we need to go down the whole alphabet, you know, before we end up what works but we'll never get there if we're not trying new things and and the system as is isn't working i think there's going to be a big break coming up sooner rather than later i don't and i don't think it's going to be within the next eight years but i do think it's within our lifetime we're going to see a major turnover of some sort 
Um, there just has to be like, well, yeah, that's why I I was like, we something's got to give because this isn't working, and you're already on borrowed time with it. Like, yeah, so many things need. I was I was thinking about like infrastructure, you know, with you know the hurricanes and everything coming through. I was like, and they're talking about well, a lot of the damage or problems are really coming from like projects that need to happen yeah to like minimize the damage or reduce you know what's going on and stuff like that and they're just not getting done because it's like people have such a big price tag but then it blows through and it causes triple quadruple that amount that you could invest it exactly and we, we just our priorities just aren't prevention is not a thing with us and we need that like in every part of our lives like our health yeah you know career you know Planning for these dev- like these like natural disasters, personal disasters yeah. that happen. They happen. It's like it's like it's important to have car insurance. Why? Because you're going to get in an accident. I don't care how long you've driven without getting into one and you're the perfect driver and you always do what you're supposed yeah. to do. Not everybody on the road does. Yeah. And it could be of no fault of your own, but you're going to get in an accident. So that's why you need insurance. That's why you, you, we need to. And then we need to make it accessible for those who don't have the ability to purchase it. Yeah. I'm all for like, put, I'd rather put in a pot and have everybody. It's, it's cheaper when you put in a pot. Yeah. You put in a pot, it's cheaper for everybody. Everybody wins. What's wrong with everybody winning? And then people get in their fields and like, well, I couldn't get that help. But did you need it? Right. Do do we get in that conversation? Did you need the help? When did you need the help? When and if you did need it at some point and you figured your way out, wouldn't it have been nice if you had that help? How quicker could you got out of your situation if you had that help? Yeah. What if you fall into that situation again? That's why when it comes to like the wage increase and jobs and stuff, people are just not thinking about other people. I said most people are just a paycheck or two away from being in that situation that they're currently exactly. shitting on. And so I'm like if if it happens tomorrow and your job disappears, then you're in that situation and now you've talked all this shit and, and you're going to let yourself sink before you ask for help because you don't want to be that person and you don't want to be a hypocrite. Ho- at least I hope you don't want to be a hypocrite. But, right. But people are pretty bold nowadays. They'll be gladly be a hypocrite oh, when it suits them. Like, I, yeah, I was I know I was talking this bullshit stuff yesterday, but now I need a handout. Can I Can I get that? And yeah. I don't feel like it's a handout to ask for help. And it also it's a system like, like whatever kind of like social safety nets we have. It's a system you pay into. Absolutely. It's like you pay taxes, right? You pay taxes on everything. I'm not going to be mad about going to get food stamps or whatever else they got out there. When I've paid into a system, it's like paying your, your medical premium every month and not going to the doctor when you've had this weird, annoying, increasingly bad pain in your side. Like, why yeah. would you do that? You have insurance. You pay for it. Why not take advantage of it? Well, so. the city of Albuquerque gives every resident, no matter what your pay, like, pay range is, every citizen gets $200 a month from food stamps. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that wouldn't be a bad nationwide policy. It really wouldn't. Like, And I think also curbing a little bit of what you can buy with mm-hmm. your food stamps too because i have noticed like even more like i'm like oh you literally can at cvs you can buy tobacco products with your food stamps like they mm-hmm. will let you do that mm-hmm. um and that's i'm like if you just made it so that like people were like buying like fresh nutritious food and they had this money well they have to have access put to aside it put put aside that could 
Yeah, I mean, access to it. There's food deserts even here of in course. LA where you just have to go too far to of get course. to a, a supermarket with fresh produce. No, that is really it's true, it's actually. A real issue. Driving through the country last year, I noticed there's a lot, of, you can pull over in a lot of areas and they don't have, and there's nothing. There's the like nothing. Right. Um. So we do a thing here where we're going to take our calls next, but we do a thing here where people bring three reasons why they're qualified to give advice. Did okay. you, do you happen to have three reasons why you're qualified to give advice? Uh, I felt like I went over one already, but yeah, I, I think I can manage three. Um, all right. Uh, I prompted you for this and you I, asked me if you could have fun with it. And uh, I yeah, I did. And I thought about it. I thought, I thought about it at the time. I wrote some stuff down. Now I'm, <laughs> now I'm trying to remember it. <laughs> So no, you didn't hang me out here to dry. It's just like oh, r- running around. I I, just, I forgot to look at that piece of paper I wrote on. But um, okay. So my first reason is I'm in your top five, whatever that is. I'm I'm in it. <laughs> and, um, second reason I am I'm an interdimensional sparkle pony that travels in between worlds. I mean, I feel like I got dope wisdom spread from my travels. So yeah, you should get into that. Okay, yeah, I would love to get into that. <laughs> get into that. And then uh, the one I said I mentioned was this just odd perspective of that I can be very whimsical. I love getting lost in like fancy imaginal worlds, dressed like a cartoon. Love that I can brag about being a club kid back in the day. But I have this analytical side. I have like a science background with the art. And I don't think art and science are very different worlds. If mm-hmm. anything, they help one another because one wants to solve problems and one wants to bring like attention to problems or even give like unique solutions. When you're a successful artist, you bring unique perspective to things. And yeah. to solve problems like a scientist, you need to have unique perspective. Yeah. So, um, So again, like... I'm super like floaty and like imaginary and like love ideas and stuff and like everybody get along and hug. But then I'm like really practical. I'm like, no, bitch, that's not going to work. Like, calm down. <laughs> like, we need to do X, Y, and Z. So yeah, kind of, kind of like your friend. I'll just tell you like the truth. <laughs> and then go talk about you know unicorns and fairies. <laughs> I'm very excited for that. And wait, so you, one one last question before we start, you met christina at a how to start a podcast thing do you have a podcast or are you starting one yeah i plan on starting one what do you want it to be about uh, about la I, oh nice not, just like the west coast like i love going up to the bay and the west side i feel like a lot of podcasts of course not this one but a lot of podcasts uh often talk from the perspective like of east coast new york and i was like hey yes. we can get out here like la is cool we got culture Y'all always moving here and shit. <laughs> so. Yeah. She said this to the, to the two East Coasters in the room. I uh, yeah. I mean, you only proved my point. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, no, it's true. And, uh, it's true. And I was like, but sometimes like people are like, ah, oh, you know, LA doesn't have culture. I'm like, what? <laughs> huh? Who said that? And it's so- just a different kind from back home. We're more like historic. I mean, you guys are newer. That's just yeah, the truth. That, is y'all that, are newer. That is the truth. And um, yeah, and I like to talk about weird stuff. And also, all too often something will happen. And I'm like, I want to tell somebody about this. And I feel like I need a platform to do that. That's so. awesome. That's exactly what podcasting is. <laughs> exactly. I was like, no, let's come on, guys. No, no, it's all right. So let's help some uh, lost souls figure of out their course. problems. Let's do it. Hey, Mo, Christina, and guests. 
My name is Elizabeth. Um, I live in San Diego. I'm in my mid twenties. And this, it's like it's not really a problem. It's just something that I need an outside perspective on because it's not something I think I can ask like my close friends about because it kind of involves them. So, pretty much, I have a pretty solid group of friends, and like the girls I consider my best friends, I've known like since I was a kid, you know, um, and, which is great, but then there's a girl who I lived with, and I, she's also a super close friend, um, we lived together for two years in San Diego, and she's different than all my other friends, kind of like the type of person where if we had met and under different circumstances, we probably wouldn't be friends, but we've really been there for each other through some shit and have fun together, and I love her, and but she has less, I don't know, like, friends there, and she often refers to me as her best friend, or, like, I mean, you know, like, one of her best friends, but, and I just, I guess I feel like she depends on me a lot more than I depend on her, which isn't, like, a bad thing, and just sometimes I feel a little guilty when she's just, like, you're serious, you're, like, you're my best friend, I love you, like, I'm so glad that you're here for me. She's also going through a breakup right now, so I've been, like, extra supportive. But, like, it's not even my question. It's just, I, I don't, I feel kind of weird about it because it's, like, I have my, like, uber, like, best friend from when I was younger and that I'm still, like, super tight with even though we live in different cities and stuff. And I just, is it disingenuous to call my my other, like, the girl that in question, is it disingenuous to just, like, tell her, like, yeah, like, you're my best friend, too, because I consider her, like, a really close friend and a lifelong friend and stuff, but I just feel like if I were to pick, like, my ride or die, like, forever endeavors, you know, like, there's people before her, and this is such a first world, like, oh, I have too many friends problem, but it's just, like, I'm curious what your take on it is, or, like, if you have a friend that is unlike most of your other friends and just yeah I don't know like I hope to hear your thoughts I'm gonna just say off the top that like I don't think it's an issue of her not being I don't think that you respect her that much because yeah. you know hearing you do the impression of like no eh, I'm you know I'm sad but I have no friends like that's like I know that you intended to mock yourself, but you said that you've been where she is before and then you did that impression. And I just think that that to me kind of says you might not really respect her very much. And I think the issue of whether or not she is your best friend or whether or not this is dishonest is a kind of distraction from the fact that you're organizing your thoughts in your brain and re the reality is is that you just don't see this person as a lifelong friend she's exactly. a roommate I, I think that that is what you're really tussling with is the fact that you don't want to be the bad guy and you and you went through a time where you didn't have friends and now you have a surplus of friends it sounds like mm -hmm. and that gives you a luxury you've never had of like not just taking whatever comes your way and not and, and let's just put it out on the table. Not everyone you meet, even if you guys get along, will be your best friend or a lifelong friend. They might be that occasional friend when you see them, you see them. And so she doesn't have to be your best friend. I want to say that you can have multiple best friends, but it does not sound like this is a person that you want to have a friend. You, you value 
as a personal lifelong friend. So be okay with that. Accept that and 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 live in those those perimeters that you're giving yourself. Like put her in a place that fits for you. And you don't have to tell her anything. Please don't tell her this. Uh, don't don't I talk mean, to her about it. This is so much just in your head than her head. And we've had this like <laughs> conversation kind of come up in, in lots of different ways over the last few months about like hierarchy of best friends or what it what it means or whatever. And I want to like just remind you that best friends are not like a relationship. It doesn't mean you're stuck in a relationship right. and you guys have to share that title. Right. It may be that you are her very best friend. Right. Out of all of the friends she sure. has, you are the best one to her. Right, to her. Like, right. And that's and that's what a best friend is, is. Is that like Christina is my best friend. Like mm-hmm. what? And I, well, I mean, I think I'm your best friend too. But I just <laughs> but like the thing is, is that she's not like. I realized we had like an oh snap moment. No, I know. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I know, right? Surprise. Um, but no, I think that it's like you, I, I, I just, I, I want to just remind everyone out there that like best friend is not an expression for like a boyfriend, girlfriend right. relationship. Like right. it's, not, it's not, the not the same thing or like a mother really daughter is. relationship. I, I totally a hundred percent agree with you. Like I have people who are like my besties, but I'm I'm kind of sure I I know that I'm not their best friend. Like they yeah. clearly have other friends that they rock much harder with. Yes, and be okay with that because you're going to have your best friends, and 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 you're going you're going to be somebody's best friend. So yeah, you, your friends come all across the spectrum. The spectrum does not have to be parallel for you guys to equally respect and enjoy one another. Like I got friends that I just go out drinking occasionally with. I got karaoke friends. You you have different types of friends like I, I i have friends i know i can call you know if i need to get into some personal shit i need to vent i have certain friends for that and everybody has that and you should never be ins- assaulted i mean i do understand though we do have a culture where sometimes particular maybe on your your personal circle or the class or the city or region that you're in that sometimes people take offense to be anything less than your best friend, even when it's not appropriate. Like I've definitely met people where I know making that announcement, like, you know, we're not cool like that. Right. Would totally hurt their feelings. Even though they haven't done any of the work, we don't really seem to like each other like that. But if you call them an acquaintance or anything less than just your bestie, they're totally offended. And I think we need to move away from that culture because, again, you can have you have all kinds of different friends and they don't have to match. Yeah, I think it's about being on- with honest with yeah. yourself, too. Right. Is that Be like honest. like so- sometimes you feel like because you have like the warm fuzzies when you hang out with someone a few times, you're like, wow, that's like going to be a really good friend of mine mm-hmm. when they haven't earned that title. Like mm-hmm. you guys just had synergy the first couple of times you hang out. Sometimes you go on three amazing dates with someone and then like the fourth date you go to their apartment and mm-hmm. you realize the way they like it's kind of sad and like you know and then you really so but I think also people are very quick to like throw that label on something. Right. So true. Like so quick. And I have been guilty of that in my younger years because this I think this comes with time and wisdom. You learn that just because you get quick fuzzies about someone doesn't mean you're going to be besties forever. You might find out more about that person 
while friendship is not like a relationship, you do still go through a honeymoon phase yeah. where you're trying to be extra generous. You're trying to be extra accommodating because you're trying to see if this will become a friendship. So friendships are still relationships, but in the platonic sense, like that's the problem. It gets limited. Relationships get limited to just romantic. Yeah. Yeah. And also like the thing about new friendships that makes them so intriguing is that like you're, you find another person in the world that you can like fuck with and you don't have the emotional baggage that comes right. with like long-term friendships. Right. Um, long-term relations or, or previous relationships breezier. is it's, it's much breezier like there's things that i'm gonna so easy with you it's like having a mistress it's like yeah. oh, it's so much easier with you than it is with my wife like, yeah. so, it, it is it's like well there's like a well there's a fun and a breeziness that comes along with a new with a new friendship for sure and like it's you also have those people that like you meet them and you immediately go really deep with them. Mm-hmm. Like my friend Leah and Austin is like that where it's like literally we've hung out like four times and it took cut like hundred. But I just said I we have matching Olsen twins tattoos. Oh <laughs> like, my we so like cool. went and got like matching tats. Like I like love this girl. Um, and it's because like, you know, we went really deep like over the course of like four days after having only met like like a little bit beforehand. However, like there's this like. There's certain there's certain friends. I've never been the type of person that I was good at like being like, okay, that's my shopping friend. That's my party friend. That's mm-hmm. my friend that's like ride or die for everything. That's, you know, like um compartmentalizing friendships mm-hmm. used to drive me. I wouldn't I wasn't able to do it. You were either one in my top five or you were like out. You know what I mean? So And that's a personal thing. Like your friends, what you need as a friend and how you're how your friends are like set up in your mind or how you reach out to them is a very personal experience. What works for me doesn't work for you. How what I need from my friends is different from the ne- what the next person needs for them, their friends. So while I think we're definitely talking about giving advice for friendships, you need to definitely find what works for yourself and, and be honest about what works for you. Cause I think that's what, she uh you're currently struggling with is like being honest about these feels that this girl and you can fall in and out of like friendships with people like i've definitely met people where i was just gonna say that i have i we hung out hard we had several months of like we talk on the phone for hours then we go to everything together and then it faded away and i i was like at first i had this moment of like i want to be heard about it because i was like think about what we had Right. <laughs> but I said, no, enjoy the moment. Like sometimes those people don't stick around and maybe it's for the best. Who knows why it came, but it was great while it lasted. And so that's why I'm always big about like living in the moment. So you don't get, you, you don't, you don't try to plan for tomorrow with somebody you just met. Well, that expression, like friends are in your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime, like has been coming oh, back great, to me. A lo- that that's oh, that's like an expression. old adage. And like, it is true. Like sometimes you're like, why were you like one of my closest friends? And now I feel like so fucking betrayed by you. Like right. I've never had someone treat me that dirty or like, why, like, you know, like, why am I not around this person anymore? Like I fucking miss them. And sometimes you realize it's like, okay, we were meant to be friends for a season. Like you mm-hmm. were, or like you were sent into my life to teach me a lesson. Mm-hmm. And like, that was a fucking harsh lesson to learn, you know? And like, there can be, you, there's lots of different reasons for friends. Not everyone can be a lifelong friend. Here's my final question for you, which um, I hope you understand what I'm saying when I say this is like, what are what is what is really going on in your life? Because this is 
for this to be bothering you or for this to be a problem that you would call into a podcast about, I feel like this means you're avoiding something in your life that's an actual problem, like work or you're in a relationship that's not serving you or, you know, in general, your living situation is making you miserable and that's low-key why you're calling. Like, I think that this is a very unconscious question. When people get wrapped up into the minutia of like, oh, does that, is that girl my best friend? Like, is she my, you know, do I have to tell her she's not my best friend? Like, that is an unconscious state of mind because that's not real. Like none of nothing, nothing that you're saying is real. And so, and, and it's not something that normal people and, and I don't, no one's normal, but quote unquote, normal. Yeah, I was pe- like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> quote unquote, normal people, people who are functioning on a pre- being present, people who are there, they don't think about stuff like this. This isn't swirling around in their mind. And, when I I do notice that in certain friends of mine where like they'll start babbling about something and I'm like, this is like a non thing. Like this is a non thing. Like this is no, there's no like your, your feelings aren't hurt. Like this, there's no repercussions. Like you're just, it's almost like you have a desire to have a problem or have something going on in your life that distracts. And so I feel like if this is, something that's plaguing you. Maybe it's just a philosophical question. Maybe this is just something that you want to know. Um, but, and that's why you can't bring it to your friends. Maybe I asked for calls and you felt like this was a call that you should make. Cause you're like, Oh, there's something that I could talk about. But if this is something that you really think about, if you think about this for more than an hour a week, collectively, you are using this as a distraction from something in your life. Like you need to read, take this energy you need to take your broken heart and turn it into art as my cousin Liz said Mm -hmm. you need to just take whatever this is and turn it into something else because it's wasted energy it's like a wasted it's wasted energy I know I can do that when I'm when I'm like trying to avoid writing the best thing that I've ever written or you know whatever or like doing the best podcast I've ever done. I know that when I'm when I'm like, but I can't do that today because I'm upset about this right now, or I'm thinking about this, or this is annoying me or plaguing me. It's a distraction that I'm I'm creating unconsciously. You should read a book called The War of Art. It's all about how people put obstacles and create situations in their life to keep themselves from doing their best thing. Um, resistance is like the opposite of your natural ability so you should just like maybe read that um do you want to take another call yeah sure I mean, yeah. we don't really have a choice i mean, I mean yeah <laughs> I was like, I just was so you know send help i was gonna say I, I blame myspace and and the top eight. Oh yeah because that forced people to start ranking people in terms of importance yeah and that's bled into our I culture no that's like such a high school <laughs> no, thing to do like she sounds very young and uh, it, I, I think I can definitely remember people going on and on about who their besties were like kind of in high school. But as we become adults in our relationships with one another, and I mean, and when I say relationships, I mean any kind of human relationship. relationship, they get complex. And if you're still trying to force them into like this high school dynamic, you're going to be having these like thought patterns that won't be helpful to you like put your friend where she needs to be if she's not your bestie then she's not your bestie but you're her bestie so if you're going to continue that relationship be honest give no more that then you can freely give i think a lot of people get caught up in what they 
think they need to give somebody, what they feel obligated to give somebody, and then they expect certain returns, certain behaviors for that person for what they've given to that person. No, give freely so you don't have any expectations and she shouldn't have any more expectations of what you can give of her and be honest and just carry on from there and get out your head and live life. Carry on, girl. <laughs> All right. Next call. Hi, I called earlier. I'm leaving a shorter, more concise message because I got cut off. Sorry about that. Anyway, uh, Molly's Christina, I guess. Thanks for taking this call. I uh, really appreciate it. Long story short, I'm a new mom who recently returned to work. I work for a very well-known technical company, and I've recently been looking for a new job. Um, uh, something my company does is before you formally apply for a job, you kind of have a conversation with the hiring manager and talk to them and see, hey, is this, is this a good fit? Does it make sense? Anyway, during one of these recent conversations, I had an interesting experience I need your advice on. Um, so, um, as a new mom, I'm blessed in that I have a lot of support nearby. I have, uh, grandparents on both sides, both of, um, my husband and I, we both have siblings who are nearby and who all love the baby, obviously. Um, and he has a ton of uh, support and love nearby. Anyway, there was this really cool position that involved launching a new program, a new product at work. Um, part of the job was going to require about 20% of travel. Um, it's not something that I love, honestly, to be away from my baby, but I knew he would be okay. And this opportunity was so cool that I thought it would be an interesting trade-off. It was only going to be a year's worth of travel, and then you would be kind of settled in the city we're based in. Anyway, um, in my conversation with the hiring manager, uh, within the first 15 minutes, he told me it wasn't a good idea that I pursue the job because I am a new mother, and as someone who had also had a family, he didn't think it would be the right move for a young mom to be away from her kid that much. Um, And I was shocked um, at the time, I just kind of responded, uh, you know, my kid had a lot of support. I think it would be fine, and um, it's not a hurdle for me in taking this role. But I'm kind of mad at myself looking back that I wasn't sort of more, stingy, you know, like aggressive in my feminism because I consider myself a really strong feminist is to say, like, hey, this is really inappropriate that you're asking me that. I can make my own decisions, and I don't need you telling me sort of what to do. So... Anyway, as someone as it, I admire the feminist. I'm um, hoping you can give me some advice on sort of like the balance between defending your um, beliefs and also like walking the line of professionalism and not compromising a job opportunity. At the same time, do I really want to work for someone like that? So anyway, I'm kind of doubting myself. I've had a few glasses of wine. I'd love your opinion. Um, thanks so much. All right. Love you. Bye. Well, this might leave you very mad at me. Um, I honestly don't disagree with him. I don't think that he brought it. I don't think it was appropriate for him to bring it up um, because of just simply HR issues and the fact that it's not his job to put his personal opinion. But if you're calling me and asking me for my opinion, um, I don't think that a mom should be leaving her newborn baby. I think that that time that you is, is so important and an aunt or an uncle or a relative 
um, you know, hugging that baby and putting them to sleep and spending time with them is not going to make up for you not being there during the first year or, you know, a couple years of your child's life. Um, you know, it would only be a year of frequent travel, but that's, that's a very, very, very important bonding time in your child's life. And as you guys have heard me say on this show before, um, like my biggest concern when anyone ever calls about any situation with kids is the kid always. I feel I like I champion like turning out the best possible kids you can. And like for, and for mothers, I mean, I just feel like I need to like protect them. I understand that this is a gigantic issue when in terms of feminism for me, I don't think that this for me, I, I actually I don't think it's a feminist issue. I think this is an issue of and and yes, him bringing it up to you in a work setting. I would he bring it up to a new father? I don't know, but he said as a new father himself, he regretted it. So, that's what I want to throw out there to you. He didn't say this to you necessarily because he was a woman. It was because you had a new baby because he himself regretted that time away from his new baby. So, I I think that you're hinging a little bit too much on on you know, feminism. And I understand that also this is a time in our climate where it's more important for you to be outspoken than ever regarding stuff like this. I just personally, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't walk away from my kid no matter how much support I had around. Like, I think that, you know, if you, I understand work, if you have to work, you have to work. Like, you know, a lot of families need a dual income, um, or, you know, they can't maintain their lifestyle that means a lot to them. Uh, that's understandable. I just don't, I, I actually, I actually agree with him and I don't think it was appropriate, but I also don't think it's an, a feminist issue either. I think that if you were to ask Jezebel, they would probably say it is, but I think that it sounds like this guy said that he himself as a father, like regretted that regretted the choice to take that travel job so that's yeah. my opinion yeah I, I yeah that's interesting because when i heard this call it actually i heard her first call where she did not say the thing about the guy being a new dad and it yeah made without me, it like, made me I, like irate because i was like a you should go to hr and if hr is not right, going to do anything about right. it b go to the eeoc the equal uh, opportunity right Black, right I think, and like file something because that's discrimination he right would, he probably wouldn't bring that up to a new dad right and i i've really it, but because yeah. there's different but that things was the first being, call you heard right yeah, yeah, yeah. right and i heard this call too but it's also just like that's not that's a concern that she has to assess on her own right because the context we weren't in the room we weren't in the room we i don't i i mean there's the tone there's the context mm-hmm. how well do you know this person uh there's questions to be asked whether this is a friendly like hey I know your situation because I definitely know what it's like to talk to people that know me personally and then go and be interviewed by them for a job. And, and as much as, as much as we're supposed to put that aside, we're humans at the end of the day. Yeah. And that, and, and, and maybe he was coming at you as a friend, but again, I don't know how close this person is. And for him to already know you have a child, I'm pretty sure that didn't come up. And that wouldn't come up in an interview, in my opinion, with right. a stranger. Now, with somebody is... who doesn't know you. So I, I'm, I, context is everything. 100%. Yeah. So, and... so I don't want to make any assumptions because I was like, but it definitely comes down to how you feel it was given to you because he could have every intention. We all know about intention and yeah. impact. 
And if he delivered this, even if you guys were friends and he came off as this condescending, like, well, you know, you just had a kid and all, you know, you should be a better woman and like, just you know, yeah. take care of your kid. If he delivered it like that, then no, you need to go talk to HR yeah. and stuff. But ultimately, um, I'm, I'm very, I, I had a very idyllic childhood and my mom was very much there, but my dad had to make up that difference. And what he did is he worked several jobs to have my mom at home because uh, child care, too, yeah. child care was just so expensive. And then right. when I got a little bit older, we came, me and my siblings became latchkey kids because we needed that second income, despite the fact. So right. once we got just old enough, I'm not going to say what age, <laughs> just old enough where we could walk home from school and like open up the back door and go into our house. My mom started to be um, a teacher's assistant. So understanding like having her there, having my, but my dad also made time too. And he was tired. So if you're willing to commit to both the lifestyle that you have to live, and that means if you're going to take the step up, because I, I, I always encourage people to build for the future. So this career move might put you in a place where you then year two, you have more time and you right. will continuously have more time because you made this career choice that will provide the luxury of you being always there into the future. Because yeah. I definitely know what it's like. Like you make that that one decision. It gives you that kind of career. Now you have free time from two until he's he's out the door for college. Yes. Because you made this career choice that's going to give you the comfort and, and, and the ability to be home more often for the future. So if it's that kind of job move, you're kind of investing your child. But in that year, it is precious. It is important. So you come home late. I know that's what my dad would do. He'd come in our room and, and like, like say, give hey, kiss. give yeah. a kiss. And, and you know, if, if it wasn't too late, you know, he might talk to us. Yeah, so, my dad would like re yeah. read a nighttime story. Right. Like, that was like no, our time with him. Exactly. Was that, like, so you have... make that time and you invest in the future for their child. So I do not want to deprive you of a self-fulfilling move, something that might give you better access and more time and luxury for you and your family, particularly your child. But no, it will be a grind if you make that decision because you still kind of need to be there and, and, and spend time in bond. And you, won't you get will it back. want if you when you you're home and you don't want to be there. Like that's also another that's a statement about whether or not you should have ch children. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know that that's it's too late now. <laughs> but if you get home from a long day and you don't want to be with your kid even during that time. But this is something that I have to say that's like it's been like I'm like I've been burning up inside for the last five minutes. Mm -hmm. If you were denied the job opportunity total if he said I'm not going to offer you this job because of it then I really do think that that's an HR issue I think this is whatever mm -hmm. I think though when someone is sitting across from you and trying to level with you and he himself identified as a new dad mm -hmm. and said like I'm just going to be real with you this was a huge mistake for me to take this job because I was away from my kid the first year mm -hmm. that's really not that's like someone being honest with you and that's oh, someone yeah, giving you an opportunity that to that's someone giving you an opportunity if I think if he identified himself as a new dad I think you would have said this to a guy too mm -hmm. and I really do think that this is it's only if you were denied the job because you were a new mom that I think that you would have. He's allowed to say to you, hey, just so you know, like when I took this job, I Again, wound up that comes back it. into the context. The message was delivered because you're trying. Maybe he was just trying to let her know 
how difficult this job was going to be with her having a child at home that she probably very much wants to be with. And if that was the case, then it comes down to how that makes you feel. I mean, I can't tell her how to feel about it, but I would consider the fact was that delivered into me just to give me like how real this position is going to be. Maybe the traveling might be more than just, you know, 20%, but in the end, the choice should be yours. You shouldn't be denied the opportunity to take that obligation. I, and and I think all parties here just want you to know that it will be difficult and you you have to still make yourself available, which I don't think that was ever a question if, if you wanted to be with your child or, or you're not going to try to be available for your child. But if you can do it, it's important. I don't know all the other circumstances around it. I'm all about you having that ultimate choice and you know what's best going to work for your family but yeah so i will also say that i do this is another belief that our caller may not like me for and like i apologize because i can tell that you wanted me to give you the you go girl like get your fucking ass down to hr and you get that man fired i know you wanted me to say that to you because you're having these revenge fantasies in your head where you're going and telling this guy off for what he said to you. Um, but I really would ask, and, and I, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and and say that you are intelligent enough that you would not be doing this. I think that there is an unfortunate thing where people can sometimes cry like discrimination as a woman. I think that they that there are certain instances where where it muddies the water of feminism. And this is like where if you take this to HR and this really was just you, like the guy explaining the job to you and saying like, look, I'm, well, you know, if it was tone, if there was context, if right. it, if it was, and I really want you to ask yourself, was this him just saying, do you think that he's talking to everyone about the lifestyle change that this travel will bring? Do you think that he, with every person he's interviewing, he's asking them to consider everything that it is about this job. I think that going and crying like, you know, lack of feminism or lack of equality or discrimination or whatever else that really like takes away from the people that are going to actually face that in your workplace or like the, you know, the assistant that's being sexually harassed. Like if these claims of discrimination start coming in and some are just you're angry because you heard something you didn't want to hear, which is that like, you know, possibly this dream job there are parameters to it that you hadn't considered or something. And he wants to make sure you're considering. I don't think that that's, I, I don't think that that's worthy of um, reporting the man. I, I also feel like that what you're saying can better, better be brought into focus about the second part of your question about professionally um, kind of questioning this line of, of, of speech from this potential employer. And that is something that I often have to do as somebody who is kind of like doing more professional stuff. I definitely work with colleges and, and, and organizations and they ask you to be professional, but I'm also like this pop culture, you know, no club kid type of person like online. So definitely like being woke and being conscious and definitely I I've done it. I've definitely I've definitely called people out at work in professional settings. I've definitely done it. But when I say call out, we have to be intelligent. We have to be careful. We have to be tactful about it, because even if you're 100 percent right and the context was such that it was what you're saying, it was. You still got to walk that line. You still want the job. And 
I definitely feel that way. Sometimes I know, like, my name is actually Marquita. For those who, like, don't think my name is Marquita, it's Marquita. And, like, I know that there's probably applications I've been passed on because my name is Marquita. So I, but I do come to that same conclusion. Like, did I want to work for somebody who would, my name alone would stop them from hiring me? No, not really. But I do it acknowledge that i have the privilege of being somebody from like having the income level that i have that granted i have worked for i definitely worked for no like it's it's earned but there's definitely some things that probably have happened in my life that allowed me to be in a place where i say hey you know what i'm cool i'm cool on you right now so that's one thing but yes i think you could have asked him to clarify you know where he was coming with that you know would, would he is he concerned you won't be able to do the job you know you can get you can return it back to the job so you can remain professional but there's there is to to your point molly you know we get emotional and if we see there's an issue what i usually do is i clamp down on my feelings because i get it, it it's like a flare up inside mm-hmm. and what i tend to do is automatically clamp down on that flare and I tried to be highly analytical and, and, and very like like scientific with these questions. So what I do is your questions should make no assumptions when you're professionally trying to ask somebody about something. You allow them to give you, tell you without a doubt where they're coming from. And I do this on social media, which is always a hoot because most people are extremely emotional on the Twitters (laughs) and stuff like that. And you can usually derail a troll or somebody real quick if you hold off getting emotional because that's what they're expecting from you. And you just think this do and say, well, I'm not going to make any assumptions. I hear some language that makes me think a certain thing. So here's some questions so you can clarify so I can really know where you're coming from. So you could have just asked him in a professional tone. Well, are you concerned that I will not be able to perform the job? Or is this coming from a place where you're a friend and you think I'm really going to miss out. And if that's the case and you feel comfortable, maybe you can discuss with him what you plan to do to make sure that you don't regret this choice. Yeah. And re and, and reiterate that you have thought this through. Mm-hmm. You have a plan of action. So you will not miss this important first year with your child. I'm sure that is never going to be in your intention. And you've thought about it long and hard. That's why you're going for this job. And it might lead into, again, we've said before, into the future. So, just go back and clarify like and so i definitely have had chances where i miss my opportunity like to go in there and smash because for whatever reason I, a lot of times why, why it happens to me is i've been stunned and i've dealt with discrimination in the moment uh, so in the moment on every level from like you know it's racial it's my gender it's my orientation it's I'm feeling myself and I love myself and somebody's mad about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I like people get on you. So you being happy can be an issue for somebody. And so it's, it's sometimes it stuns you because you never expect it to come from where it does. So don't feel bad about that. But I think experience is the key. If it's happened to you before, then you can you can be prepared next time and actually give it some thought. Think about what you would have said. What are those professional questions that you would have asked? You know, and this is also a good way of working at a system. That's what I like to do. Work out my system by going over the hypothetical of what I would have said had I been more posed, had I been more ready 
for this question. And then not only are you prepared, should it happen again, but you kind of worked it out of your system and, 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 and kind of, you know, I definitely like you feel bad and you want to work out that anger. And so I think it's therapeutic while also creating a solution for the next time, should it happen. And unfortunately as women, this, this, there's a high chance it might occur again. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're without regret now, but but it happens. And, and, and I, yeah, I do want to just say that, like, I think that you were probably smart enough to know the difference between when you're being discriminated and when you're not, but Mm -hmm. based on the call that you gave me and the facts that you gave me, I don't see discrimination there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's just my, that's just my opinion. I know, like, I, I mean, whatever, like, just call us back with an update and let us know what you think based on everything we just said. If you feel that he was, it was a true instance of discrimination now that you've maybe hopefully taken into thought what I've said, mm-hmm. what you have said, what mm-hmm. Christina has said, taking all those things. Do you think that this was a malicious act? Do you think that this is something that is actionable? Mm-hmm. Do you think that you've been denied the opportunity? These are all things that I would love to hear back from you on as soon yeah, as possible. This is, this actually is a complex and interesting question. And it's hard to talk about with, without like being in the room, you know, it, it, it is, it is, it, it does prove difficult. But. I mean, technically you just asked three people and you got three different answers. Right. So right. Like, yeah. I was like, yeah, it's just very different. We, keep, we don't know his context again. Yeah. Like, we don't know his tone yeah. and tone is everything. Yeah. I think the way it came up is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, I'm going to stick to the fact that he brought, bringing up that he himself was a new father and he regretted it. I think that this actually is a guy that sounds like an involved parent and mm-hmm. I applaud that. And I actually, I, I do. Applaud. I would hope so. I feel like that might be assumption. Like me, I, I had that thought when he said that and I said, well, it lasted for a year. What part, what work did you put in when, when, when he was two or their, their child, his child was two. So I do have some things. I would bet a lot. Yeah. I, I, I would it. hope so. I would hope so because I felt like if like, while year one is important, I, I don't want to get in that slippery slope. Well, I, I didn't do it this part, so I I, I can't catch up. I, I, I feel like children are very forgiving. I was very forgiving with my parents, but they were very honest with me, too. Mm-hmm. Like when, when my father lost my job, we had a talk about it and how changes were going to happen in the house and stuff like yeah, that. That happened with me, too. It, right, where it's like okay, you know, we can't do this. This is what's going to happen. I have to go to work. Mm-hmm. And it's it's awesome how... When I you, paid for my last year of college because right. I was working and my right. dad wasn't. I, 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 I At one time in college, I had three jobs because I had to make it happen because yep. home was in turmoil. But that starts at a young age where you're honest with your kids. Like... Cause I was like nothing like now my parents are like pretty uh, like like not to totally change the subject but it's kind of related because my ch- my parents are like elderly now and sometimes they do act like that te- that teen te- ten year old that doesn't kind of understand like plans change <laughs> right <laughs> and sometimes that ten year old doesn't understand that stuff happens because nobody has bothered to explain to them that stuff happens yes and and this mm-hmm. is I also want to throw out my perspective too because you got three different answers from three different people who grew up in three different ways I was from a single mom and to this day I know that like I've said this to her before so I know if she's listening I hope this doesn't mom I hope this doesn't hurt you but I will say that like 
I've always considered my grandparents to be my real parents because my mom worked all the time and I was with them most of the time. And most of my best childhood memories are with them. And I feel like they were the ones that were unconditional support for me. And that's so that is what, you know, I think that parents, especially a stressed out single mom, there's always going to be a conditional attitude. The last thing I would want for you to do is to come home exhausted and the time that you spend with your child, you don't have light in your eyes for them. Like you don't have energy for them. You're annoyed because you're fucking exhausted. Like that is how you, that is how you make a child feel unwanted. And like, that is just something that I would like you to know is my struggle. So that's, and, and it would have been, you know, I don't know if it would have been different if I had a dad around or what because I did technically have two parents around I had wonderful aunts and uncles who were always there for me but being in childcare and being separated from my mom and even being with family members when she was working was um it's definitely had a huge effect on my life and my relationship with her well into my 30s um so uh that's just something to consider like when you consider my point as well and I hope that doesn't negate that I also just in general think that like you should do the best you can to be home. I know I don't want to have kids until I'm in a position. If I ever have a child, I usually say I don't want a child. Mm-hmm. And it's because I don't want to fuck one up. And I really don't want to – I don't want to do that until I can be in the position to take that first like couple years of their life and be with them. And, you know, as a writer, I can always write at home and there's – you know, but I do expect like – it. You know, I'm not going to have a child if unless I have a partner that I know is going to be there for the long haul. I'm not going to, um, you know, I'm not going to have a child unless I'm in a financial position where either I have money saved or where, you know, my partner makes enough money that they can support that lifestyle. But I do, I mean, for me, ideally, I would be home with a child for the first two years of its life. Um, so that's, that's also the person you're asking, which is something I always like to remind someone when they call, please advise. I'm not here to like impose anything on you, but you are asking me. I'm not a doctor. I don't come from a, I come from a bias. I come from a place of bias. So that is uh, just something to consider as well. Like whatever. We all grew up very different. So I think that's also why we gave three different answers too. That's true too. You know? My, my, my most important thing is that it just doesn't continue. Like, if you take the job and you're away from home, you no, know, if you do it for the first 10 years of their life, yeah, they're not so forgiving. Yeah. <laughs> first year, I, I, I think you, you, you might get by and year two should be awesome and lots of mommy, son time and you, you should be cool. But yeah, as long as it doesn't continue. Yeah. Um, okay. Call us back, please. Cause we need more information. We need more deets for sure. Like just call us back as soon as you listen to this and let us know some of those answers to those questions. I would love to continue to track this call and the situation over the first year of your kid's life. I think that this is something that we should talk about as a mom getting back into work and facing these sort of things. Cause it's definitely a hot button issue. Oh, one more question is how was your employer about, your maternity leave? How was your employer leading up to your pregnancy? Do you think that in general there is a discrimination towards mothers in your workplace? These are things that I would like to know because that also colors a lot of things. Um, so, and do you think your coworker do you, that said this to you that was in a position to give you this job, do you think that he is a particularly involved father? Those are all things that I would like to know. 
Also, um, will we be having this conversation if it was the dad? If yeah, I, I mean, I would be. I I would hope so. But every t- I just feel like every time this conversation gets like really lit like this, it's like a mom saying, "Hey, I want to go back to work and I want to do my thing." But you know, if the father's out the house, you no know, working and grinding, you know, there there were times I miss my dad. He's working really late, mm-hmm. and I feel like that same thing. But there's like no real expectation and you have to be like an awesome dad to say, I need to be at home for my kids when I can. And my dad did do that, but I know plenty of people whose parents didn't do that. Like their dads didn't do that. And they're like, cause I'm grinding I'm working. I'm making this bread and nobody really questions that. Well, that's mm-hmm. why so many workplaces are giving paternity leave right. and it's also important. opening up the door to the fact that there's a lot of couples that have kids are not a man and a woman and it's True. not a bi- biological child. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, they both need time to bond with the kid mm-hmm. or there needs to be like a way of figuring out because there's no like mom that's like breastfeeding all the time or a dad mm-hmm. that's like out earning, you know, bringing home the bacon. Like mm-hmm. the the family, the traditional family is changing a lot. And that's why mm-hmm. I always bring it back to the kid because politics, family politics aside, like what's the best thing for the kid? Because mm-hmm. um, that's who is the person who's in the most danger here, you know, Um All right, let's take another call. Hi, Malls, Christina, and guest. My name is Abby. Um, I am a longtime listener and longtime Malls fan from back in the Malls She Wrote days. I am 26. I live in a fairly large city. Um, And I, I don't really think I have necessarily a question, but more of something that I kind of just want to hear discussed on the podcast, if that's okay. Um, and a a story to tell you, of course. Uh, so I, I've had a few long-term relationships in my life. Um, they've all gone okay. And, you know, that didn't work out in the end. We were incompatible for various reasons. And something I've kind of noticed is a lot of times with these guys, I'm not really interested in them initially. Um, but then that affection grows, but when it ends, I kind of look back and can kind of see why we were maybe incompatible and how I may have seen that from the beginning. Um, so, you know, this time around, I got out of a long-term relationship and I told myself that I was going to hold out for a guy who really wowed me, um, who, you know, made me want to double text. That's what I told myself. And I, I met that guy. Um, we are family friends. Our parents know each other. And we were, we've kind of been hanging out for the last few months. We would see each other maybe once a week, um, go mountain biking or go out to drinks. And we made out a few times. And, uh, these last two weeks I've been traveling and um, I came home and I, I texted him. We don't really text conversationally, so we haven't really been keeping up or anything, but I, I started a conversation with him and I never heard back from him, so I was kind of taking that as a hint and it was making me sour. So, um, But tonight I found out that his parents invited my parents over for dinner at their place and he was there 
and he brought his girlfriend. <laughs> um, which is kind of funny and weird. So I don't know. I think right now I feel like I feel like I'm just dealing with an overwhelming sense of rejection and I just have this this fear that a guy I'm attracted to I'm never going to be good enough for and I'm just going to be settling for mediocre men forever and I know I know that's dramatic and silly and you know this guy was nothing special if he's you know either being sketchy with me um, about having a girlfriend or if you know I got second place um, either way fuck him but I'm just, I'm just so bummed that I was vulnerable and I, I thought it was worth it. I was a total schoolgirl. I was just oogly eyes and I really feel like if it's worse than when I broke up with my last boyfriend of, you know, one and a half years because we just didn't get along anymore. Like, I think this feels worse even though it's not anything serious so I just want to I just wanted to talk about it and maybe hear you guys discuss rejection on the podcast and kind of kind of just how to deal I'm feeling it but thank you so much um for everything I'm again a huge fan big time listener thank you so much Mills. Abby. Okay. So the situation is that she was dating a family friend and they just briefly. And for some reason, his rejection has hurt more than the last several relationships she's been in, which even though they, it hurt while she was going through them, she now sees that maybe those weren't the best relationships, but it still hurts to be rejected. Right. Yeah. That's the gist. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Cause I, that was a lot. And like, I have to say, I start like, I, you know, but thank you for the support over the years. Listen, so I have to tell you that, like, first of all, like, hooking up with a family friend is like my Always that is an, first Always of all, dangerous. I don't want <laughs> my parents to know that I fucked their friend's son. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want and I'm not saying that that's what you did, but ew. <laughs> Like, well, like, I love the, like, I hinge everything on the fact that, like, you know, my mom has no technical proof I'm not a virgin. Like, and that is, I, my life hinges upon that fact. Like, yes, like, boyfriends have come and stayed that, uh, that she's met before, but, uh, there's no technical proof. I, is honestly, just the idea of, like, Sue and Ted or whoever your mom's friends are like knowing oh. that you boned down with their son <laughs> that when you've known each other since y'all were children is disgusting to me so I, I feel the same way <laughs> okay I, I am the minority in the room um, I am totally down for buddy love so I think sometimes that's been like the best sex of my life oh, and <laughs> I so I I'm not I'm not shitting on you for that one. Definitely not. <laughs> Why I said 
that there's there's danger there is you know because it's it's like dating in your backyard like yes. if things go bad i can do that dude i don't it, do that if if things go go badly in your backyard and i, I mean it it really depends and on, i've shot on that. where i ate like in terms of like i've hooked up with someone at work before right, like right. you know but and so there's there's always a danger of dating someone who's already in your life you're going to see them regardless and, uh, yeah, so that part, I'm like, that's why I don't do it. I tell my friends not to do it because I was like, I hate when, like, I have a group of friends and it's definitely happened multiple times because you can never tell your friend not to date somebody in the group and it splinters the group. Yeah. Because now they don't want to have anything to do with that person uh-huh. because this happens. And so I, I, I just, yeah, so I'm not tripping over that part, but I think hurt and rejection go together. I'm yeah. not surprised. And if you call when that was fresh, I kind of get your call because re- rejection of any kind, especially the way it first fell out. I was like, man, that dude is a <laughs> douchebag. Like, who does that? So, I almost <laughs> wonder if she misread some right, signals. Right, right. I was like, there should have been some like red, like flaming flags for somebody to do some like fuckery like that so i was like okay did you see all of them so you see all the flags and sometimes we do ignore the flags because we like the person and stuff like that i'm guilty of or that. not even flags you just mm-hmm. don't look into this like you're not <laughs> like you're overestimating what the situation right. is and again like it might, this even works into like the earlier conversation we're having with friends this also goes with relationships that whole like we we get each other like you guys were like lifetime friends you're going to get each other and so it's like you might get involved with each other each other a lot quicker things get heavier quicker because you already know each other's ins and outs you you got you got the cheat codes pretty much you got the cheat codes it's video game you got all the cheat codes (laughs) right (laughs) up down up down round (laughs) kick and you get into each other much quicker than you would if that was a stranger and i think maybe that's why you were the rejection was hitting you so hard but i still agree with you dude's a monster because <laughs> if you've got a girlfriend then why the hell are you talking to me yeah. so and i'm not a psychic obviously you were keeping down the low and i don't know i don't really care about his parents because they knew about her and they probably knew you guys were messing around so i'm not cool with the parents either everybody can like <laughs> eat a dick at to this point <laughs> are they messing around <laughs> yeah, is that, like, like well no like i mean like i'm thinking that maybe like he just thought he was talking to a family friend that and like there it. is an implied intimacy because they, I'm assuming that they kind of mm-hmm. grew up together. They've mm-hmm. seen each other around growing up. So then right. you get really comfortable together, almost like a cousin. Right. So you yeah. don't know, maybe he was looking at you like a cousin when you guys were having these conversations Okay, and you were That's seeing true. this is maybe more of a romantic right. thing. Mm-hmm. So, so to when the obvious obvious situation shows oh, up that's such a good question like was it mutual and are you positive it was mutual right okay like, that's a really good question or something like that i mean yeah like made out okay like if we miss some part we're, like i'm gonna I apologize know. like if we, i because i felt like I, I i can't remember if being because the thing i like about the hikes and stuff like that that doesn't necessarily have to be romantic and if it wasn't on his part then then he's he he's not the monster but if if you guys did anything sexual then yeah, it's like you were leading on. So we're not 100% sure on whether he was leading you on or maybe you misinterpreted some of the things he was doing because you were friends. Yeah. And that's always, again, 
messing around with your friends. Like if you're gonna mess with, I, I, I'd be as somebody who's done buddy love, who, who supports the buddy love. I'm always extreme. Well, this is how I am in all sexual relationships. I'm always very clear about my intentions, what I would like, and if things are slipping. But usually, mine's has never been that fuzzy. It's like yeah. you put your hand in a certain place, and I'm like, oh okay yeah. or no i don't want to do that with you i definitely have friends i've been interested and in. i'm like nah i'm not it's not happening for me <laughs> but if that's the case but I, I i always say get get clearance on like what you're doing where you're going with it if you were thinking like i want a future with you or something like that then probably just let them know. If it scares them off, let them go. Never hold on to anybody. Never be scared. I say drop this shit so <laughs> fast. <laughs> Never look back. Don't say a goddamn oh, word. Well, on this, no, yes, most I, ever. But I'm thinking yeah, like the okay. future, like, because she's like talking about just how to deal with rejection and move on. But I also think like a lot of honesty might have helped this not blow up so badly. Right. And so I was like, so that's the part we're working with where we don't know all the deets, as Molly would say. And I just want to be perfectly clear. Like we we can address both both situations. Like right. he's a total dick if he was leading you on, and if he wasn't, then this is a time of you having to reevaluate. Like you, I like because I think most people have been there. They don't want to be alone. You know, you start to get older. You want a partner. You might not be that older. You just want a partner. That's totally natural. But be realistic about it and be patient about it, and don't don't stop wanting to love like true falling in love is a scary vulnerable place if you go from that attitude of i don't want to be hurt anymore i'm not gonna ever try again guess what you're gonna be alone with a lot of cats yeah <laughs> it's just gonna that's be real gonna that's be real and like look like and and just in terms of like you know i wish we can talk about heartbreak or rejection or whatever else but like honestly I'm not going to lie. Like when I'm when I'm going through a bad breakup, I absolutely Google like how do you get over a breakup? Like I'm one of those people like I do not know. There's no answer to it. Like you just have to go through it. And again, it's different for everybody. What what will help and stuff like that. But I think I think you also prove something to yourself like running again, which strengthens the whole like being honest and just like looking in the face and facing it like you ran away from details yeah that helped you in the uh, later on because you're running from this idea so that also makes me kind of question like how honest were you being with yourself right about what was happening so you know sometimes we 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 fall for a monster and other times he was, it was, everything was in plain sight. I, I heard a beautiful story about how someone, uh, their first girl crush uh, was on somebody who was married. Mm. And they just, and they didn't realize they were married until they got invited over to their house. And then when they got introduced to the spouse, they were like, what? And then they went back and it's almost like, like you know, that flashback you have in a movie uh, uh, yeah. of seeing the ring. Every single time. Like, it wasn't oh, like they weren't wearing the ring. Yeah. They were just so smitten by that person. They were blinded. They were bl- They were just ignoring the fact that, that there was this ring on this woman's finger like every day at work. And like yeah. all this intimate moments they were having at lunch was completely 
completely in their head. Yeah. <laughs> like completely in their head. And I can imagine <laughs> that can be confusing too because women are just naturally more affectionate. Like I can imagine oh, navigating yeah. the waters like as a bisexual person or a lesbian. Like in particular, women are so fucking touchy and flirty and <sighs> like so and they don't even they don't even realize it. And it's like, is this person <laughs> I it, hurts, you. it hurts so bad. <laughs> and I mean, I will say, I will say, I, I'm one of those people that like hugs, like when people hug me, I'm like, uh, like I get really uncomfortable. So I'm like, thankfully, I'm like, I think I don't do that to people. Mm-hmm. But I do know that that is like, I can't imagine how difficult that is. Like, yeah. it's like, and again, like, even though this open. is a guy, he's your childhood friend. Yeah. So he's going to be more comfortable, more huggy, more everything with you. And if you're, I don't know how fresh the last breakup was, but know that rebound, that rebound mentality is real. Yeah. And so if you, we're pretty fresh off of a breakup and here comes your best friend from way back and he's hugging you and supporting you and doing this. You might allow yourself to think right. that, you know, this was more than what it really you gave was. yourself a little leash. Exactly. So yeah. I, we were trying to determine where he, whether he was leading you astray. Or are you leading yourself astray? Because hikes, while they can be romantic, are pretty platonic most like times. literally like i can't think of anything <laughs> less romantic than a hike some people are into it i'm, I'm not maybe oh, yeah. you're no, out those are the sporty people who yeah are like, exactly oh, i love to work out let's go I, i've dated hike. quite a few and it's like almost a and, cliche and somebody who to be dates like, women like, as, like lesbians that's 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 a thing that's oh, yeah. totally a thing <laughs> Let's go on our boots and go for a hike. Right, yeah, right. no thanks. I'm, like, I'm not that type of gay. Maybe, maybe for that reason alone, that's why I've never really dated girls. Okay, so let's take our... I think we're done with calls, right? I mean, I just can't do physical activity. I think we're done with our calls, but I want to thank you so much for being here. You of were an course. amazing guest. Christina, I it so much. thank you for... I mean, this is, I think, our first like guest that you've booked. Yes. And it's like, let's get some more of that, please. Um, where can people find you online? where like look like because eventually when your podcast right, comes out i right. want people to be able to find it what's your twitter where's your instagram well thankfully i've made that easier all my uh social media is pretty much at lestar got next okay so it's like la star got next and you can find me on the twitters and the facebooks and the gram and snapchat and all that wonderful stuff and uh yeah i'll Hopefully, maybe I can come back and we can like talk about absolutely, new or absolutely. Like that. I don't know. But I would yeah. love for you to come back. Yeah, absolutely. I enjoy to do that, but yeah, I'm always there. Hit me up. Say hey. Like. Just don't come for me, bro. Unless you're ready. Unless you're ready. Don't come for her, you guys. Don't come for her unless she sends for you. Yes, I run these internet streets. I understand (laughs) that. Um, Okay, you guys, thank you so much. I will talk to you next week. Always call 323-450-7408. And remember, I am going to New York in a couple weeks, and I'm going to bank a bunch of episodes. So not even a couple. I'm going to New York next week. And I need you guys to call and leave a shit ton of calls because – I'm going to try and record like six shows in a day. So yeah. All right. Bye.